I've been getting a lot done lately, and the Evergreen Writing Oasis online free writer's retreat was this week. And it's still up, by the way. You can find it on the YouTubes. I'll try to remember to put a link to it in the show notes. And I decided, why not? I'm going to go and I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen to people talking about topics that are interesting to me. And I'm not going to get worked up. I'm not going to explode into a rage and frenzy. I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to relax. (laughs) Y'all know me better than that, don't you? Yeah, that's not what happened. So today, we're going to be talking about creativity, burnout, and imposter syndrome on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And if you haven't checked out my YouTube page, I don't like being all self-promo-y, even though this is my podcast, but you know how I am. I have just put up a video on my writing style. It's gamer writing. It's very different from the way a lot of people talk about writing. So definitely go over there and check that out. Also, if this topic interests you, I haven't done it yet. It'll be happening after I record this, but before this episode comes out, I'm going to be doing a live stream that will be up on there with Abigail Ford and Jules, the dawdling writer, about this topic. We'll be talking about it, and the replay will be on the channel as well. So if you want more information, oh, I have so much to say. Also, one last thing before we get into the show, I want to thank you all so much for your love and support over the years. Thanks to you, when the license for the software I used to make this podcast came up today, I was able to just buy a renewal. I didn't have to panic. I didn't have to freak out. Thanks to you wonderful, lovely people, I I got to re-up it. And thank you so much. That means the world to me. Usually that's a very stressful time. And I don't have, didn't have to worry about it because you guys are so awesome. You rock. I love you mm, so much. All right. So let's get into it. So I really didn't expect to get worked up on imposter syndrome the way that I did. But apparently I have a lot to say about this. And I, I have to say, this is like my old person moment of the week. For the first time that I know of. I got quote tweeted from a topic I said in a YouTube chat (laughs) because I was so worked up about this. And if you follow me on Instagram, I reshared it on Instagram. I also retweeted it on Twitter because yeah, I I meant what I said, but I've never, I've never had that happen before. So thank you for doing that. That, that just made my day and made me feel heard and (sighs) imposter syndrome. I'm going to start there before I get into the creativity and burnout, because I think imposter syndrome is the first and most important thing for us to talk about. And I have a lot of feels about this because 
As y'all know, if you've been listening to this podcast for any period of time, I'm trans. I am specifically non-binary femme, and it took me 40 years to work that out. And for those 40 years, I knew that something about, about me was wrong. Something was wrong about how I am, how I behave, how I present myself, and how I live my life. But I didn't know what it was. I couldn't put my finger on it. And it drove me crazy. Literally, long depression, really hard times, because I didn't know what dysphoria was. And I know there's a difference between imposter syndrome for creativity and that kind of dysphoria. But I think I learned something from, from how I deal with my dysphoria that will help anybody dealing with imposter syndrome to deal with those feelings as well. For those of you blessed people out there who have never experienced imposter syndrome, let me see if I can explain it to you. Imposter syndrome is this nagging feeling, this voice inside your head. You know, the one that I call Bob that tells you, you shouldn't be here. You don't deserve this. You're not good enough to do this. Why do you think anybody would care about your stories? You or anything about you. They're going to find you out. They're going to realize that you're a liar. You are an imposter. They're going to find out. And I think a lot of us have that voice, especially those of us in the creative field, because we look at these beautiful books that go through so much work with giant teams of people working on them. And I'm talking about like the, the traditionally pub books that a lot of us grew up on. And we think, I could never be that great. I could never uh, arise to that standard. I could never be that important. I could never write something that would touch that many people. Well, all of that is a lie. All of that is a lie. And I'm here to tell you, and this is what I learned from discovering who I am as a non-binary human being. Okay? You are who you are. If you put pen on paper, if you type into a computer, into a tablet, into a phone screen, if you send smoke signals into the sky to tell the angels your stories, you're a writer. I don't care how you do it. You are a writer. The moment you started telling stories, you became a writer. The moment you started writing them down, you were a writer. I famously got into a huge fight about this with A.C. Crispin when my first book came out. Because she said, and I quote, well, one of these days you'll be a real writer and selling three to five hundred books a week. And I lost it. I lost it. And I've told that story several times and I'm not going to go through it again. But I need you to hear me. If you wrote anything, you are a writer. And I'm going to tell you what I told her. The moment you put pen to paper, you're a writer. The moment you finish a work, a short story, a poem, a book, you are a successful writer. The moment you get published, whether that's indie or traditional, you're a published writer. 
You get a book on the bestselling list, you're a bestselling writer. You win an award, you're an award-winning writer. That's how it works. And all of this crap that we put in our heads about what makes us real and what doesn't needs to go away. Stop lying to yourself. Stop putting yourself down and saying, I want to be a writer or aspiring writer. Oh, I get so mad when I see people say aspiring writer. Do you write stories? Then you're a writer. Do you tell stories? You're a storyteller. Don't aspire. Do it. Be it. It's who you are. We are a special breed of people who have the great good fortune of sitting down every day and talking to our imaginary friends. And that is powerful. That can change the world. As Stephen King said, it is the closest thing we have to telepathy. We get to put our thoughts in other people's minds. Now, they may not translate exactly the way we meant them, and that's okay. Because, you know, I'm okay with this, partially because I'm all gothy and stuff, but, you know, the author is dead. Long live the author. So, don't aspire. Don't tell yourself one day you're going to be a writer. You are a writer. There's nothing you can do to deserve that title. There's nobody lording over you granting this name onto people. There are many queens in the world, but I can tell you right now, ain't none of them going to put a sword on your shoulder and say, I dub thee a writer. Now, up, baby, up. Well, that might happen, but it'll be in jest as part of a party. It's not how any of this really works. Be yourself. And know that that's enough. It really is. Because if you aren't yourself, I'll let you know right now, ain't nobody going to have time for you. That last bit may have sounded a little bit harsh. And if it did, good. Because people need to hear that. Look, I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm not saying that I'm the best at it. I'm not saying that I'm the most successful in the world. I haven't gotten a billion dollars off of my books like She Who Shall Not Be Named, but I have learned a few things in my life, in my career, and you need to write them down. The first one is don't pretend to be somebody else. I've told this story a couple times in a couple different places, but I'm going to just give the abridged version here. Back in the day, I used to do a bunch of podcasts. I blogged daily. And when I say blog daily, that doesn't mean that I wrote like a daily blog. I mean, I was doing news and community blogging. And so that was about three to five posts a day. And I was writing my books on top of all that. And I was managing a community site back before we had Facebook or any of that, when you actually had to go through and police forums and all that. And... I was organizing a consortium of writers who were coming together to promote each other and build each other up. And through all that, I was being a character. I mean, I was partially being myself, but see, I've always had a lot of gender issues, so I overly masculinized myself in a lot of ways, and I am not happy or proud about it. But I pretended so hard to be somebody that I thought people would like. 
I figured out what jokes made people laugh because we did a live show. And so I would see people laughing in the chat room and go, okay, that's the kind of humor people like. I will do more of that kind of humor, whether I like it or not. I saw the episodes and the posts that people responded to. And I decided, okay, I'm going to write and talk more about those kinds of topics, whether I want to or not. And I molded myself to be acceptable and presentable to that mainstream audience that I had. My biggest podcast at the time had 20,000 listeners, and this was back in the 2000s. So that was like a lot. I'm sorry, it was 20, it was 20K. We had 20K at our max. And that was insane. That was an insane number of people listening to a podcast back then. And I was miserable. I hated every moment of it. Every moment of it. It ended up leading to my unscheduled mental health vacation, which then lasted for five years where I basically did nothing but try to live every day. It is not worth it. It is not worth it. That is the worst kind of burnout when you are pretending to be somebody else and you let it eat at you. You know what? We've got a lot of same, same people. The industry cranks them out at a nightmarish pace. You know what we don't have? You. Because you have quirks. You have weird things about you. And that's what we need. We need those oddities. We need those strange things. We need those broken pieces. We need those jagged edges. You know, people need to get cut a little bit every now and then when they get a little too close because they didn't realize that there was a sharp edge there. Don't baby-proof yourself. Don't baby-proof your message, your identity, but don't overshare. Because this is what people don't understand about online personas. Only share online what you are comfortable with everybody knowing. So if you would not want your parents or grandparents to turn on the nightly news and see a news story about that, don't share it. If it would embarrass you, if a whole bunch of people found out about something, don't share it. Other than that, share. Be open, be honest, be yourself within the limits that you feel comfortable with. But don't pretend to be somebody else, unless that is completely your shtick. If your storytelling is being a character, if you're Miranda Sings, which dates me because I don't think she's a thing anymore, but that's a character. And that was her art, was to be that character. So, okay, be that character. That's fine. Paul Rubens got famous as Pee Wee Herman, but that was a character. That was his art. I'm really dating myself with that one, aren't I? So if that's your shtick, let it be your shtick. But don't feel like you have to change yourself to make other people happy. Those people that you're making happy aren't your target market anyway. The people that are looking for what you have to say are people like you. People who have the same issues, interests, and quirks that you have. And they are out there. I am famously on the record as saying that I don't believe that burnout or writer's block exist, but I've suffered from both of them. And that may sound like a paradox and an oxymoron, but it's not. See, writer's block is what happens when we hold our stories too tight. It really is. It's what happens when you tell yourself, I have to do this now. I have to write. 
this story has to happen. Has to, has to, has to, has to. And you stress yourself out. Writing and creativity come from a spacious mind. If you're not allowing that space within your psyche and within your consciousness for your stories to come out, they are not going to come out. They're going to hide from you and they're going to be as far away as they can. It's like trying to hold water in the palm of your hand. If you hold it, palm open, you, you can cup the water in your hand. Now make a fist and squeeze it. It squirts all out the sides because you're pressing it and pushing it away. So don't do that. Don't do that. Writer's block is not really a thing. We bring it most often on ourselves. And it might be for mental health reasons. The closest thing that I have to writer's block is when my depression tries to come back. And a big part of my depression is I can't sleep well, which is why I have a very strict sleep regime of things that I do to ensure that I sleep every night. Because if I let my sleep slide... I'm going back to the dark place. and I don't want to be there anymore. The second big sign that my depression is coming back is I can't imagine. My imagination goes away completely to the point where if somebody says, what are you doing next week? I can't even imagine there being a next week. That seems like such a ridiculous question for me to answer. What do you mean next week? Well, I don't know. I just don't know. What do you want to have for dinner tonight? Tonight, that's so far away. I mean, how do you know there's even going to be a tonight? And that may sound crazy, but that does happen. So my first piece of advice would be this. If you are currently suffering from burnout or writer's block, check yourself for the symptoms of depression and talk to somebody just to make sure that that's not what it is. Because for a long time, I ruled out my own dysphoria and depression as writer's block. I'm just out of shape because of my bad back and my bad knees. I don't get to move around as much as I want to. I I had all kinds of excuses to keep me from realizing that I was depressed and that I was dysphoric. I had more more excuses for that, but that's a whole other topic. (laughs) So make sure that's not what your problem is. Once you're as sure as you humanly can be that you're not suffering from depression, then, and only then, start doing spaciousness meditations. They're very simple. They're very simple. I'm going to be doing a whole podcast dedicated to mindfulness for writers, and it's going to be launching soon. But until then, just anytime you feel that writer's block, sit down. Steady your breath, focus on your breathing, concentrate on your breathing. Imagine that you have a star burning in your chest, a beautiful, bright star, a speck of light. And there it is, growing, expanding, getting ever brighter, ever broader. And sit there with it as it expands throughout your body, throughout the space you're sitting in, throughout the building you're in, the town the county, the state, the planet. Watch it expand all the way out into the universe for as long as you want and just sit in that spaciousness. Just sit in there. Let it open you up. Let it wake you up. And then, when you feel ready, bring yourself back into your body. 
feel your breath again and see if you're not ready to write. That helps out nine times out of ten for me. And like I said, that one one time out of ten is because my depression is trying to creep back. Maybe your story idea is wrong. I'm going to be doing a chat this Thursday with Jules, the dawdling writer, on my YouTube channel on the Save the Cat genres. Maybe your story is wrong. I do that all the time where I think I'm writing this kind of a story, but I'm actually writing that kind of a story. And I get stuck because I'm trying to force it to conform to the wrong story type. And now a moment to talk to my writer friends out there. You know who you are. Who have schedules, who have timetables, who have deadlines. Now, if you're traditionally published or you're working with an agent and they've given you a deadline, those are real. I'm not talking to you right now. I'm talking to everybody else. Your timelines aren't real. They're not realistic and they're unnecessary. They are stress-producing monsters that you have accidentally created and accidentally brought into your life because you thought it would help you write. Now, I'm not saying it's not good to have goals. I'm not saying it's not good to have dreams. For example, this month, as you all know, I am working on doing the 33 prompts from from World Building Summer Camp. And it's going pretty well. I'm learning a lot about my world, and I'm so glad I did this. I set goals all the time. I do NaNoWriMo, 50,000 words in 30 days. I'm doing Camp Nano, which I've already gotten 38 thousand words written in my book this month on top of all the articles I've been writing for on World Anvil. So yeah, it's okay to have goals. It's okay to have plans. It's okay to try to schedule things. And I'm not going to tell you not to listen to those people out there who tell you to be more professional. Yes, it's very good to have plans. It's very good to have schedules. That way you can let people know when you're going to be doing this, that, or the other thing. But if you are one of those people, like me, that those schedules can be soul-destroying because you spend so much time looking at the finish line that you don't see where you are, don't do it. Don't do it. Just let the stories come out when they come out. Yeah, it's not going to be as good for marketing and branding and all that. But it will be so much better on you and on your work. Because, and I'm sorry, I'm going to get on my pulpit a little bit here, but don't worry. I'm not going to be all religious on you. I'm going to be a little bit spiritual, but I'm not going to be all religious. Creativity is a blessing. Creativity is a grace that we have been given. Whether by our psyches, if you're one of those people that doesn't believe in a higher power, or by that higher power. It is a gift. It is a glorious thing that we have. It is a treasure. It is the wish-fulfilling jewel. It really is. It can take us to other worlds. It can take us into the minds and hearts of other people. And it can carry our thoughts into the minds and hearts of other people. Writing is magic. Writing is the closest thing we have in this world to honest to God, magic. Don't take it for granted. 
yes, I want to make money off of my work. Yes, I, I very few writers don't. But when it becomes something that you do just for work, then that's what it is. It is a job. It is no longer a calling. And the people I'm talking to in the audience are those people who are writers by vocation, not by profession. Now, you can be both, but you have to be one before the other. I am a writer by vocation. I have a calling for this. And it doesn't have to be anything spooky if you don't believe in anything spooky. From the time I was a child, my imagination was insane. I would spend time telling stories to my imaginary friends. I would spend time telling stories to my toys, with my toys. I started drawing comic books when I was in the second grade. I started writing (laughs) short stories not long after that. I wrote the plays for both the third and fourth grade class the year I was in third grade. Because I am a storyteller. That's who I am. And I have a sneaking suspicion, if you're listening to this podcast, that's who you are too. That is a vocation. That is a calling. And it is something that you need to hold as precious and dear. Now, that doesn't mean that we cannot make a living off of it. And that does not mean that we cannot make money off of it. But when we make those the primary goal, rather than telling the stories, that magic goes away. It gets shut off. And if we're going to do this, if we're going to make this work, to quote one of my favorite books, we are going to need some big magic. So that's my thoughts on creativity. That's my thoughts on burnout and imposter syndrome. I don't think imposter syndrome is anything that any of us should ever have to deal with. Because you're only an an imposter if you're impersonating something that you're not. If you're a writer, you're a writer. Just be that. Remember, most of the time that we have writer's block, it's either because we're not telling our stories the way they want to be told. And don't let anybody, no matter how rational they are as a human being, tell you that these stories do not have minds of their own. Whether you believe in spooky woo-woo or anything... These stories have minds of their own. I have done this for too long, and I know too many writers, both very successful writers and small indies like myself. No, these stories say for themselves. So you got to listen to them and see what they want. Now, you can beat them up in editing and revision and make them work the way that you want them to, but to get the pages down, to get the draft done, you, you got to listen to the story. On top of that, you have to be honest in everything that you do. See, that's really what it means to write what you know. Write what you know doesn't mean to only write stuff that you know about. If that were true, then we would never have books about space, or time travel, or magic, or any of that other crazy stuff. And don't get me started about Wicca and magic and stuff like that. I'm talking about wizards throwing fireballs at each other, okay? You know, I have a lot of love for the woo-woo in the world. <laughs> I really do. I, I've got a little bit of the Gree man inside of me every day. You know what I'm saying? But you have to be respectful of the magic. It comes into our lives. It makes everything that we do glitter with gold. 
It gives us hope. It gives us inspiration and it leads us forward. And that's all we can ask for from it, to be quite honest. That's all we can get out of it. If we're going to be true to ourselves and to our vocations. Now, I'm sorry if you're one of those authors who wants like much more serious, professional, how to sell a million copies, how to write 5,000 words in an hour. I want that too. And that works for some people. That advice works for some people. But my interest is speaking my truth, being who I am and being honest with you every single day. You are wonderful. You are a writer. You are the creative you were intended to be. No matter what anybody tells you, you are magic. Don't listen to the detractors. Don't listen to the little lying voice in your head. Just do what I do. Look at it and tell Bob to shut up. Or what I've started doing lately since my Papa Nihil showed up, getting Papa Nihil to say, to tell him to shut up because... Trust me, ain't nobody talking back to Papa Nihil. Well, Sister Imperator, but that's a whole other topic. That is a whole other topic. And I can do an episode on that if you want. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, if you want more on this, I did a live stream discussion with Jules the Dottelaine writer and Abigail author Abigail Ford on my YouTube channel. Link will be in the description. You can also find links to everything that I do, including my social media at projectshadow.com. And I'm doing a live stream this Thursday about how to use the Save the Cat genres to improve your work, because I don't see anybody talking about them. I see people talk about the cheat all the time, but not the genres. And I think the genres are the important part. That will also be on my YouTube channel. Yeah. Also, special, special surprise... This Wednesday, there will be another episode. I have started doing interviews with writers. If you want to be interviewed, let me know. The first interview will be coming out simultaneously on this podcast and on my YouTube channel. And it is an interview with Miss Cachet Warren. And it is amazing. We talk about diversity. We talk about religion. We talk about writing our truths. Can you tell I'm on a roll here? Can you tell there's a theme to my life right now? It was a wonderful interview, and I hope that you love it. It will be out on Wednesday, and I'm going to be doing a lot more interviews coming forward. If you know anybody that you think would like, you'd like to hear from on the show, let me know, or better yet, let them know and have them get in touch with me. That way, I know I'm contacting them the right way. Alrighty. Thank you so much for your support. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, down the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean, so I can use it on the show. Thank you to everybody who gives me my money through coffee and Patreon. Y'all are amazing. If you don't have any money right now, don't worry about it. Just listening to the show, I get money off the ads. So thank you for that. And share it with people that you think will like it. And is that it? I think that's it. As always, as we like to end on this show, Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter, say her name. We just learned some terrible things. About, oh, I'm not going to get into it. That'll be a whole other 30 minutes. <sighs> we need to make the world a better place. Be a part of the change, not a part of the problem. And until next time, don't forget to have the fun. Bye.